Hello everyone, it's just so good to be with you again and I have an incredible honor and pleasure of having Sherry Lessman with me today and Sherry has a story that is very unique and a point of view that we don't get to hear very often and I'm not going to tell her story, I'm going to let her tell her story. But she lives outside of Marlin, Texas on a small ranch and she is taking care of her two grandchildren right now they go to school right near her she's married to her precious husband dean they've been married for 39 years congratulations sherry that's incredible <laughs> wonderful they have four grown children and 11 grandchildren with one on the way and as we begin to hear her story you're going to hear her talk about her faith in the lord and how all of the things that her life has been and sherry just thank you so much for being with us today you're welcome thank you for having me Oh, it's incredible. It's such an honor and a pleasure to have you here. So one of the things I like to do, just so people can get to know you a little bit better, is to just ask you, what do you what's a regular day like for you now? If you're taking t- care of two small children, <laughs> I'm sure that's busy. But could you tell us just a little bit about what life is like for you just on the everyday? Yeah, I get up, I pray, and read my Bible with my husband. That's oh. our first thing. And then... Our little grandkids come. They're three and four. No, no, they're four and five now. And a lot of times we'll, you know, just get settled and everything. And then after a while, we'll go out and work on the, I call it a farm. It's really a ranch. We don't grow crops. And we will clear. We've got lots of land to clear. And so we'll do that. And they'll play out there in the what I call the woods. And then sometimes I bring a lunch for them, and they'll sit back on the back of the truck, come back, learn their letters, and then they take their nap, and and then I get to to rest <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's pretty much pretty much of our day. Right now we've been doing a lot of baseball too at, in the oh, evening. Okay. They're all okay. in baseball, t-ball. Oh. That sounds like fun, and it's a beautiful time of year for that. It's just yeah. so beautiful. This particular time of year, wherever you are listening to this, I hope that you're having beautiful weather, too. So, Sherry, I told everyone that we're going to have a very unique and beautiful story. And what I would love is just in your own words for you to just tell us about the situation that you and your family found yourself in and what that was like for you. Okay. Well, <clears throat> it's been a long time ago, really, but it in a lot of ways seems like yesterday that my my oldest daughter, Summer, had a, uh, a baby named Emma. So she was pregnant with Emma, and doctors told her early on that there were some problems. Mm. So we, we knew that there were problems. We realized that they were pretty serious problems with the heart and summer really had faith and and oh we posted scriptures she posted scriptures all around our house and we just believed that god was gonna heal this baby even before she was born but when she was born she wasn't healed and mm-hmm. summer was pretty devastated then because she had so much faith. I mean, she really believed that the baby would be born. There'd be nothing wrong. But she had some serious uh, heart problems and realized 
in the next couple of days in the hospital that there was more. Wow. Summer knew that the baby just cried and cried and cried. She couldn't settle her down. She couldn't feed her. She wouldn't eat. And she just knew the baby just wasn't acting right. They had to do heart surgery before mm-hmm. they ever ever left the hospital. And that that devastated her even more. And they, they went home and every day things just seemed to get worse with the baby and like I said I mean she wouldn't she wouldn't eat and they took her back to the doctor of course and she was diagnosed with allergy syndrome so we had never heard of this but it was very rare syndrome and what it is is vascular disease and where all the vessels in the body are either very very small or non-existent and so it affects so much it affected her heart because of the vessels in in her heart and it affected her liver because of the the bile ducts in the liver out of the liver and out of that we learned that the liver would not process the the bile and because of that she itched all the time because bile has a lot of salt it has salt in it so that was one of the first things that I mean was truly I mean just so distressing to think that this baby was itching all the time all the time and that they gave her medicine and stuff that helped with that but she still itched all the time Wow! so that was kind of just a horrible realization and one of the many things that we realized you know we we can't do anything about this you know it's just the way it is and so as summer you know as the baby grew a little bit older i just saw summer start just sinking she the the baby couldn't sleep because of the itching and she never would eat these babies with allergy syndrome are are very malnourished <clears throat> and so i saw summer just really really sinking and um so thankful for a good husband that she yeah. had he really he tried to hold the family together he was he's a teacher he was going to work every day okay. summer was at home trying to take care of the baby and they have a they had a two-year-old but both of them were really dealing with a lot of fear and summer was getting very depressed yeah. um and so I was going up there, I was working also. I'd go up there every weekend from work and and be up there all weekend and sometimes I would just drive back to work. And I, I wouldn't, you know, I just, I wanted to help her as much as I could. And yes. there wasn't a lot I could do, you know. What I could do was to relieve her because they, they weren't getting to sleep either because Emma didn't sleep. So they were up like all night and just so stressed. So when I came up, I could relieve them and at least they got to sleep. So that was one thing I could do. But 
then my work I mean I was I was very tired from doing that and my work ended up later giving me two two more days off it was like the greatest gift they gave me two days off paid paid leave and so I would go on Thursday and Friday and butt it up to the weekend so I could be there four days. Oh, my goodness. Summer lived about three hours away from me. So oh, wow. that's why I couldn't just, like, go after work or something. And so I, I would go up there, and I was just determined to, like, hold Summer together. Yeah. And I was determined to, you know, will Emma to live because a lot of these babies do die. And if they don't die, they don't have a very long life, maybe 20 years. But I was just determined. And I see now that it was a lot of my own pride. I wasn't really relying on God that much. I was praying. I was, you know, believing. But it's like I was going to do it. I was going to make this happen. At the same time, my husband just... It kind of had, you know, had a word, not really a word from God, but he knew in his spirit that Emma wasn't going to live. So we were two completely different, Mm. um, you know, very, very different with what we were thinking. And I wouldn't hear of it, that she wasn't going to live. So so I would go up there and, and help Summer and still had a lot of faith that, that God was going to heal her. But, but Emma got sicker and sicker and mm-hmm. sicker. They put a pick line in her, mm-hmm. and they started feeding her with a TPN. Well, they always had tried to feed her with a G-tube, but she, she wouldn't take in enough nutrition. So they used this stuff called TPN. And I forget what that stands for, but it's highly nutritious. Right. But sometimes, so they would just pump that in. She, it was on a pump, and they would pump oh. that into her stomach, and her little stomach would just so full. Sometimes she'd throw it up, and oh. it was it was just terrible. It was really just heartbreaking, you oh. know. And then, so as time went on, her her liver started to to fail. Mm. And so she always had this this great tan. <laughs> it was just because she was yellow, you know, yeah. because yeah. her liver wasn't working right. And anyway, her liver was failing. We wanted her to to have a liver transplant and she actually got on the transplant list. Mm. It's hard to find a baby liver, right. you know. So we were waiting and waiting, and as we waited, she got sicker and sicker. So yeah. I, I decided I was going to lose weight. I found out, I didn't know this before, but you can have a live liver transplant. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they take the bottom lobe of your liver, and they can transplant it, and wow. it will grow. And the person, oh. the donor, their liver will grow back. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. Wow. So I was overjoyed. I was like, I am going to give her my liver. And again, you know, I'm going to make her live. <laughs> right. right. So anyway, so I was losing weight because the liver had to fit. <laughs> so 
Summer and Mike's home turned into a virtual ICU unit. I mean, she had IV, uh, IV, I mean, through the pick line, we fed her and everything. And she had, I can't remember why she had, yeah, I guess that was the pick line in her arm. It was in her arm. And anyway, it was just harder and harder. She was in and out of the hospitals all the time. She would have these crises, but finally on December 7th, she went to the hospital. Summer called me and she didn't normally call me. She knew I was coming that morning and she called me and she, she said, mama, hurry. I need you to come now. So I knew that, I knew that something really bad was going on. And lots of bad things went on with Emma. So, you know, there was always this hope, like no matter how bad it got, she always pulled through. So it'll, it would be okay, you know. But I rushed up there and we rushed to the hospital and they air flighted her to Dallas Hospital and she was septic. And... So she was still living, and we were still believing that she would live, no matter what. And I remember the doctor saying that, you know, she she couldn't live. And I just, I made him say it was possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. He finally said, well, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's possible, you know, if this, this, and this happens, and I'm like, okay, well, it's possible then she'll live. <laughs> and um, anyway, he didn't believe it, but I did. So we all stayed by her side, and and seven days later, she died. Oh, Sherry. So, <laughs> yeah. And how um, old was she? How old was she? She was 11 and a half months. My goodness. So, And that was a hard thing. It was two weeks before her birthday, and it was right before Christmas, and so she passed away, and I had just come back from the hospital. I'd been up there, but I had just come back, and and then they they called, and and Mike called. Just so, you know, I was so thankful for Mike, because... He was he was so strong for summer, and he was going through so much too. Yeah, but he called and and just said her heart just keeps stopping, and they're doing CPR, but and then it, you know then it stops again, and and, and but they can't stop until summer oh Mike told them to. Oh so my gosh! Really heartrending, and we we rushed back up there to Dallas and. I remember just saying to Dean, you know, this can't happen. This can't happen. <laughs> you know, because I was like, we can't, I can't, I can't do this, you know. And mainly that Summer Summer couldn't do it. I just, I just didn't know how she could get through it. Yeah. And we went in there and, and there she was. And, you know, it was just the most surreal thing, you know, she's holding this little dead baby and just and she and she was trying to comfort me you know she's like she's done mama she's she's 
she doesn't have to fight anymore and she yeah. she's she can rest now but just tears just wow. you know and so we you know I, I got to hold her and it's just so real to walk out of a hospital room and like leave her there and it just no one knows how to do that you know no. right away Satan began to work with me. So right away, I I was angry. Summer and Mike are such they're very such good good people and good parents, mm-hmm. and and really love this baby. And I was like, why, you know, why would you let her die when they yeah. believed so strongly? They knew you were gonna, you know, help them, and you didn't. And why didn't you answer our prayers? And why why would an innocent child, why would you allow an innocent child to suffer, you know, or anyone to suffer? Why is suffering? And why take a child from parents that love her so much when there's others out there that don't? And I, I just couldn't understand. So... My, my heart was so confused and so full of pain and it's kind of a double it's kind of a double pain for a grandparent because yeah. you know I really loved Emma but I saw my my child you know suffering so much and yeah. and I saw I saw her her husband. You know, just suffering and having to be strong. And they were going to have to go home and, and talk to their little two-year-old mm-hmm. and, and tell her. And, you know, it's just all this pain is all around everybody, you know. Yes. yes. So, but we could never feel the kind of pain that they felt, I know. But but as, as a grandparent, we had this extra thing with watching our child right. and our grandchild, you know. Yes. But so after that we we did what we could and there's not a whole lot that I felt like we could do, you know, how could we really help them? And yes. so we we decided to make a, a big garden for Emma. Oh. And that ended up you know, I felt like there would be life there, you know? Yes. And yeah. that ended up being very, very therapeutic for Summer. More than more than we knew. I just, yeah. I wanted her to have something just to remember Emma. And we got some of the little, the little garden statues. And it, at least oh. it was something that we could do together that might be considered kind of fun for summer and Mike, you know, and so we went out and got all that and our whole family came together and we we got all the stuff to make a garden and we did it one day and it was very sweet, you know, day. It's just beautiful. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah, it was, you know, I was reading the other day in the Bible about the woman that broke the perfume on Jesus' feet. Yes. And and Jesus told the Pharisees that were, you know, upset with her, and he said, leave her alone. She's done what she could. Yeah. And 
I had never noticed that before, but I think that's so mm. profound, really. You know, yeah. you just do what you can. And sometimes like it's not, you know, not a really big thing. It might just be buying some plants for a garden. Yeah. <laughs> but I made a little scrapbook for summer about Emma with pictures and cards people had said and then and then it was Christmas mm-hmm. and you know I can't imagine how they got through Christmas but they did mm-hmm. they came to our house and you could just see the the pain and the oh, sadness yeah. on their face but but you know again they're they were just so brave you know they just they just do what they have to do and I made sure I got uh, a real a special little ornament and I wanted Summer to know that you know we may have lost her but but she's still ours yeah. <laughs> you know that's and, beautiful um, that's so beautiful you know. so Sherry um, I have a question for you about yeah. that because I know in the place where you are now that you are a woman of great faith and you just told us that you were in a place where you're just like, why God? How could mm-hmm. you do this? Mm-hmm. Would you tell us how you were able to reclaim and to to reignite faith in God? Yes, yes. It took a little while, you know. I'd be at church and I just I just couldn't worship. Uh, you know, so much so many of the songs just seemed just rang hollow to me, you know, about yeah. how God is faithful and I was very angry. I was sure. very very angry at that time, which is part of grief. But I ended up kind of stuck in my grief. Mm-hmm. I couldn't quite get over it, you know. And I went I went to Theophostic prayer. I had some Theophostic prayer, and it really, really helped me. It just gave, brought me peace. I actually saw a vision of Jesus holding her, holding wow. him up, and he just stayed there. And wow. I sat and I just kind of watched him and her for half an hour, and and then. He started to slowly leave, and and it just in my heart I knew that he he was like I'm gonna stay here as long as you need me to. Wow. I'm gonna wow. be here, and you can see her, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And it was very very healing to me. Then he he showed me several scriptures. One was John eleven twenty five. And it said, those who believe in me shall live and never die. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of hit me. I know that scripture, but I was like, you know what? She's not dead. She's alive. She's alive. And that helped me. And then Psalms 102, 19. He said, it says, For he looked down from his holy height, from heaven, the Lord gazed upon the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to set free those who were doomed to death. And it really spoke to me that, you know, Emma did not have good quality of life. You know, she suffered a lot. And 
that in his mercy that God looked down and he saw that and he's and he he was you know even with transplants we found that a lot of the kids actually later they they might get cancer or something oh. because of the immune depressant drugs mm-hmm. and you know so who knows what would have happened later right. but but that God looked down and he was like no you're not going to mm-hmm. just suffer and suffer and then and then die you know this is i'm going to take you now and and you're going to be healthy and yeah. that that helped me a whole lot and then you know my why question why 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and god showed me that you know what it's okay to ask why that even jesus asked why why mm-hmm. have you forsaken me and that's really how i felt i felt forsaken and abandoned by God, I felt like He didn't answer our prayers. I, I just, but then when God showed me that, you know, even Jesus asked why, and it's okay to ask why. It's not okay to be an accuser of God, which, and He showed me that <laughs> that I, I really was agreeing with Satan. You know, Satan is the one that did this, not God, and I was blaming him. And, you know, that's not okay. Yeah. So all of that just helped me, you know, come to terms and remember who, who God really is. And yes. I think the most important thing was just that, you know, that scripture about, you know, if you believe in me, you shall live and never die. And when I really thought about you know, Jesus died. God let his own son die and suffer yeah. so that Emma could live, that, that yeah. she is alive. She's not with me, but she's alive. Right. And God let Jesus die so that she could live. And mm-hmm. so I, I really started <laughs> realizing how much... He loved me and how much I loved him, really. And I, I kind of got over my anger then, <laughs> you know. So I, I learned a, a lot. I, I actually had a, I actually had kind of a list of some things I learned. Do you want me just to read oh, that? Well, yeah, absolutely, because that was okay. my next question. What did you, what, what well, what changed for you? You know, how did you change? Yeah. How did your relationship with God change? And what did you yeah. learn? So those were the next questions I was going to ask. Okay. Okay, the, this is my little list. You don't have to know why to know that God is good and he loves mm-hmm. you. Take one day at a time. Don't worry about the small stuff in your life that doesn't matter anyway. Don't take the gift of a healthy child for granted. Do what you can. No regrets will be a great comfort in the end. It takes a long time to grieve. Don't try to make someone be where they are not. Anything can happen to anybody. Don't live in fear, but live for today. Yeah. And when you when you don't know what to do for someone, ask them, and then do what they ask. You know, so many times we want to help, and we think we know how to help, and it might not be helpful. 
because Rocky. if you've ever been in that situation, it might not be helpful. Listening is one of the most important things you can do. Sometimes there are no words. A hug can mean everything. Almost everybody is going through some sort of hard, painful thing, so be patient and be kind. Don't agree with Satan. Don't accuse God. <laughs> that was a big one. <laughs> know that you do not bring pain to people when you ask them about someone who has died or mm-hmm. mention their name or remember things about them. Yes. Because I really used to feel like that, like, oh, I don't want to mention this person. It's just going to bring pain. And no, you know, people, they want to remember. They want to talk about them, you know. Yes. Um, believing that you do not deserve to suffer is living under a works mentality. Mm. I think I really did feel like Summer and Mike are, are so faithful and and just so good such good people that this shouldn't have happened to them that's oh, that wasn't fair wow that's and, incredible um, that's a that's an incredible insight and i've never heard that before that's mm-hmm. powerful that's really powerful well you know it came from summer because i asked her one day i i said i said why we were just having a conversation and we mm-hmm. talked very honestly about everything about it and I said, you know, but why you, Summer? And she said, well, Mom, why not me? Mm-hmm. You know, and it just hit me that, you know, just that fact that we're, yeah. we're not exempt from suffering mm-hmm. because we're Christians, you know. So, so powerful. I'm almost done. <laughs> there is such a thing as the sacrifice of praise. It's very mm-hmm. hard to worship when you're grieving. Yes. And heaven means everything. Those who believe in me shall live and never die. And let's see, rather than lamenting the fact that God let this happen, remember that he knew it would happen. And that is exactly why he went to the cross to conquer death. Wow. So those are some of the things that I learned. And I think the way it changed me is I, I, I appreciate I just appreciate life more. I appreciate children more, my children. And I appreciate just the small things in life. I mean, when you deal with such big things, I mean, you realize a lot of things really don't matter that much, you know. So, and I I just, I mean, I just learned that God is God is good. You don't always get an answer for why. But but it's okay because he knows and I trust I trust him. You know, I trust mm-hmm. that there is a reason. We don't always I think it's a blessing if you get an answer to why cuz not everyone does, you know. Right. right. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sherry, your story is just there's so many powerful layers in your story. There's how you and your husband moved through this, how you observed your daughter and her husband, and how your family all came together. There's so many different layers in all of it. And I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking about the woman who's listening to this, and maybe she's just gone through something like this where she's watched her children suffer through something very difficult, or maybe even like you have 
been witness to the to the loss of a grandchild. I'm just thinking about that woman, and if you were sitting across the table from her, what would you say to her today? Hmm. Well, I would say do what you can. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's the littlest things that you can do that really help, you know, just listening. If it's her her daughter or something, just having someone that her daughter can call and know that she'll always be there and she'll do anything she can, that means a lot, I think. I think that helps a lot. Looking at, you know, to realize that there's, there's other other consequences to some of this stuff. Uh Like, I think, you know, when someone goes through something really hard and, you know, the marriage can really suffer, you know, Mm -hmm. the marriage can, I mean, it either pulls you together or it pulls you apart, I believe. And um, so whatever you can do there, if you can relieve somebody, you know, with babysitting or, or just to relieve their stress, you know, bring them a meal, just anything you can do to, to relieve their stress. I think that, you know, that would, that would be good. That would be something. And, and just know that, that God is good. He is good. You know, you have to, you have to really hang on to the truth and know the truth. Even if you don't, if you're not feeling that, you know, you're, if you don't feel like he's good because he's not, you know, basically doing what you want him to. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, when you get right down to it, I mean, you know, I had to admit that, you know, it was, he, he didn't do what I wanted him to do. Well, you know, you still, you just need to hang on to the truth that he is good and he does know what he's doing and just, you know, stay with him. Just hang on to his hands and hand and stay with him and, you know, get, get some friends around you to, to, to help you, help you with your faith. Even Moses had people holding up his arms, you know, and sometimes you need that. Sometimes you don't feel like you can pray, you know, because you're so discouraged or, um, but other people can pray for you if you let them in, if they know what you're going through. And I think sometimes people, you know, they don't let people know because they want to be strong or whatever. I had one friend that just gave me, she, you know, as soon as she heard how hard things were, she just opened up her wallet and gave me $100 so that I could, you know, for gas money and stuff. And, you know, I never forgot that. And then another little sweet little friend that I worked with, all she did was listen. She didn't have answers. She didn't know. But I I turned around so many times. 
in our little cube, I'd turn around and I'd say, but why would God do that? You know, and like, like she's going to know, you know, like some answer was going to come and just like yeah. give you all the answers. Yeah. And she would just, she would just say, I don't know, Sherry, I don't yeah. know. And, and it, it gave me like permission to feel and to just kind of, I asked her so many times the same question and I'd yeah. go back to typing and doing my work and I, then I'd turn around, but why would the doc, why would the God, you know, have this doctor, you know, yeah. and all these questions that she couldn't answer and all she really did was listen to me. It, it just, I never forgot her. I never forgot what Courtney did because she, she helped me probably, you know, I don't know, it was more than anyone else, but a whole lot. She helped me yeah. so much. That's so, so. powerful. Just the, the simple, not so simple act of listening is, is an incredible gift. An incredible yeah. gift. Sherry, yeah. thank you so much for being so vulnerable and for sharing such a story that is touches your life on so many levels. I'm so thankful. Thank you for being my guest on the broadcast. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really hope that something that you heard helped you to be encouraged and inspired. And in fact, if it has, would you do me a favor? Would you please just share this with a friend of yours and join me over on social media on Facebook and Instagram Well, you know, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. But be sure and go to the website, DonnaWoolham.com and grab the free resources that we have for you. Thanks again and have a wonderful Living at My Best Day.